Father, we thank you for our church. We thank you that you have drawn us into this church with our different ages, our different stages, from different places and different backgrounds. We thank you that you have drawn us all together here in this place, that you have done this for a reason, or perhaps more than one reason. We understand you have a good plan for us and good works for us to do. And we thank you and we praise you for that. And that you will reveal these things for us when we're ready. But without you, Father, we can't. So today we pray that you will be with us to heal us from whatever hurts and brokenness exist that may be holding us back. To help us know and understand your word and how to apply it. We pray for you to show us and encourage us to become more and more like Jesus in our attitude and lifestyle and to give us opportunities to develop and use the gifts and abilities you have given us. And we pray that you will continue to fill us with the ongoing presence of your Holy Spirit in our lives. Without us, Father, you won't. Today, Father, we offer ourselves for selection for whatever you have in mind for us. And the words of that old, old hymn come back to us. What you say, we will do. Where you send, we will go. Never fear, only trust and obey. Father, help us trust in you and want to obey you more and more. Let Jesus' great commission be more and more before us. Let us want to get out and run that race for which you have helped prepare us. Please open our eyes, Father, to the opportunities that are all around us. Lift our eyes to look beyond this place and this time on a Sunday to the world around us, a world that so desperately needs you every hour of the day. Encourage us, Father, to pray and keep praying for thy kingdom to come, to come to each area of need that we identify. Father, please help us with we can't what, and you won't what. Please show us what what is. Show us the good works you've planned in advance for us to do. Please make clear the mission you have for each one of us and for this your local church. Lead us and guide us, Father, as both individuals and this church as a whole. Please lead and, lead and guide us, Father, with where to start whether it's in our families, our friends, our neighbours, our workplace, our school or university, our community, our jobs, somewhere in our city, in our nation or in the world. Please show us, Father, where people close to us are hurting, where there are needs in our community, where our business, our educational, our medical or our other government institutions are failing. Show us, Father, where you want us to partner with you to transform this world. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Happy to hand over to Sam now. Thanks, Richard. Um, before I start, actually... Um, I didn't realise Richard, what Richard was going to pray about, but I was um, 
I was praying in preparation for this morning and I, I felt like the Lord kind of put, put something on my heart to share first and it kind of links in with what Richard was talking about in terms of without, um, what is it, without us God won't. And that is the need to actually um, ha- have a heart of anticipation for what God's going to do. I think uh, what came to mind was a picture of when people line up for, um, you now when the new iPhone comes out or there's a sale on for something and people camp out in front of the store the night before and they're all in a line and then the door opens and then they rush in, you know, they're there first. Uh, and they get the prize, they, they get the, the item or whatever they're going in for. I felt like the Lord say, so it's the same with us. When we come to church, do we have that same sense of anticipation, that same sense of excitement, that same sense of I'm, I'm, I'm here and I'm, on, I'm leaning into God and I'm ready and I'm, I'm open and I'm waiting and... Without, without me, God won't do something. So there's part of me that actually wants to actually come ready, waiting, anticipating, hungry, leaning into God. And so I felt like the Lord wanted to encourage us this morning that we see church not just as something that we go to and, and tick off in our diaries and it's, it's another event that's done, but that we're actually coming hungry. We're actually... They're first. We're lining up and we're ready and anticipating God to actually touch us and do something in our lives and speak to us. And there's something that happens when, when we're in that um, posture of openness towards God. So let's, let's be open this morning to what God wants to say to us. And um, after, after I speak, I'm going to really encourage the Holy Spirit to actually minister to us this morning. We're going to have time of worship and we, we can go on for a bit. But again, we're waiting and we're anticipating and we're ready for God to do something in our lives. Uh, two weeks ago, I started a, a series on peace. And uh, this morning is peace part two. So I'm going to add to what we talked about with peace. And the the reading this morning is, Do you now believe, Jesus replied. Interesting place to start. I'll explain that in a minute. A time is coming, in fact, and has come when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Let us pray. Lord, we just pray that as we meditate uh, on the scriptures, on your word, and as we discuss what it means to know the peace of God in our hearts, Lord, we pray that that be a reality this morning, that we would be open to you speaking to us, into our situations, into our thoughts, into uh, our very busy lives and that you would be doing a new thing in us and that you would be providing the peace that we need. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So last week, um, just quickly recap, um, Jesus in John 14 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. 
I do not give as the world gives. Um, so Jesus here is saying that there are two, two types of peace and he actually has a peace that we cannot obtain in any other arena, by any other person, by any other means. It's, it's a peace that only Jesus can give through a, a personal relationship with him. And the peace that the world offers is, is a peace that um, we often strive for, which is, is escaping escaping noise or escaping trouble, running away from the reality that is around us. And we all strive for that sort of peace. There's nothing necessarily wrong with that peace. But the thing about that peace is it's temporary. Uh, We can run, but then the next trouble comes or the next noise comes, the next situation comes, and we need to run from that. And it's, it's an ongoing cycle. So one piece is to run away, to escape from the world that we are in. The piece that Jesus offers is a running to, coming to Jesus and him coming to us. And in relationship, uh, we, uh, he offers us his peace. And it's um, no real peace can be found outside of a personal relationship with Jesus. Um, I was speaking with someone uh, in the church this week on a, on a phone call and they described a really difficult time that they'd had. But then at the end of the phone call they said, I don't understand how people can go through the sorts of things I've gone through without knowing God. Because that's what's actually held me together. And I was like, you know what, that's, that's precisely right. Everybody is looking for peace. Everybody desires that sense of comfort that comes from a relationship with Jesus. How do people cope with the difficulty of life, with the storms of life, with the situations of life, without the presence of God in their lives? William Barclay says, the peace that Jesus offers, this is his peace, is a peace of conquest. It is a peace which no experience in life can take away from us. It is a peace which, sorrow, which no sorrow, no danger, no suffering can make less. It is a peace independent of outward circumstances. That is the peace that Jesus offers in whatever circumstance we find ourselves in. Whatever state of affair, he gives us that peace. We also talked about um, in the Old Testament, the word for peace is shalom. In the Greek, it's irene. And this, the meaning, the basic meaning is to be complete, to be sound or to be made whole. Um, and it's such a complex word that the, the NIV actually uses 70 different renderings of this word, depending on the context. Um, so it is such a complex word. And I talked about Um, Shalom could also be described as a brick wall or a stone wall that has every stone in place. It is complete. It is sound. Um, But in reality, as as a wall has many pieces to it, um, so do our lives. And it might be that we look at our lives and... That's not going to hold together... um, you know, some pieces might be a bit out of complacent, and so therefore we've lost our shalom. We have lost our completeness. We've lost our, our peace. And sometimes 
And this is the reality that I see around me so often, and I see in myself, is that we see the reality of our lives that are disjointed, that are out of place, that are broken, and we seek peace from it, we seek wholeness. But in order to do it, we we go to the, the peace that the world offers and we run away. We try to escape the reality that our lives are actually disjointed and broken. The problem with that is, even if we find temporary peace, our lives remain the same. Our lives remain disjointed and in pieces. But Jesus comes into our life and he actually rebuilds and completes us and makes us whole. So this week, I want to answer two questions. How do we receive the peace of God? And what is the result of having this peace in our life? How do we receive this peace? And what is the result of possessing this peace? First of all, it is a gift. Um, From the, the John 14 passage from last week, Jesus said, peace I give you. Peace is a gift that we can receive. Now between John 14 and this is John 16, I spoke last week, this is the big discourse that Jesus has with his disciples before he heads to the cross. And it's the passage of scripture where all of the I am in the Father, the Father is in me, and you are in me, and I will send the Spirit, and, and that whole Trinitarian uh, wording that Jesus uh, has, all of that is in between John 14 and John 16. Now, when, when you notice that uh, in, in Scripture, when you notice a statement being said in this place and a similar statement being said, you really need to take notice of what's in the middle because that's the way the writers did explanation marks. And so in the middle is the context of relationship. In the middle is the context of us being in Christ and Jesus being the Father and him giving the Spirit. And so as we receive Christ, Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit gives us his peace. So when he says, do you now believe the disciples have actually kind of understood and taken hold of all that Jesus has talked about. And they said, oh, now we actually understand. He said, oh, now you believe. Good. (laughs) But then he says, a time is coming, in fact, when you'll be scattered each to your own home. You will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone. The Father is with me. See, here's a key. Jesus himself is going to experience aloneness. He's going to experience betrayal. He's going to experience a time in his life where uh, situation is, is pressured and hard. And yet for Jesus, what is, the, what is it that's going to uphold him in that process of being left alone by the disciples? I'm not alone, the Father is with me. So he finds confidence and strength in relationship. And then straight after that statement, he says, 
I've told you these things so that in me you'll have peace. So I get my peace from the Father and the Father being in me. And I've told you these things so that in me you'll have peace. Can you see the context of relationship there? That it is in relationship and in receiving Jesus into our lives that we receive his presence. We may be alone. We may be afraid. We may be hurting. We may be betrayed. Someone may have done something to us. We might have pressure from work. Our kids might be making noise. But because he is in us, we have peace. Wherever you go, whatever situation you go into, you can have access to this peace because he goes with you. One of my pet peeves in life is online passwords. We as guys were talking about this last night at the men's night. Online passwords. You've signed up for something, you've paid, and you've, you've logged on, and you've made a username or an email, and you've made a password, and then months later, you actually want to go and access this information that is rightly yours, and in a hurry, like, oh, I need this thing, and you go and put in your password. Oh, um, <laughs> Was it, was it the one with the capitals or without the capitals? Was it the one with the numbers? Was it one with the symbols? You know, you, you put in the password that you wanted and, and it says to you, oh, no, you need capitals. Oh, no, now you need a symbol. Oh, you haven't got enough characters in your password. And so we end up with 20 different possible passwords of the same password. And we don't know which one we put in for which place that we <laughs> signed up for. Anyone feeling my pain? Yep. Oh, it frustrates me no end, uh, especially when you're in a hurry. It's like, I own this. Like, I have the right to get through here because I paid for it or, you know, I've done all the right things and I can't access it. It's so frustrating. But the thing about having the Holy Spirit actually reside in us is that it's not like that at all. We have access. We have free access. There are no passwords to get. There are no hoops to jump through. There are no requirements to meet. There is no, no resetting. There are no secret codes. There is no effort. We have free access to the peace of God because he, the Holy Spirit, travels with us into every situation that we go into. And so because the peace of God is so linked with the giving of the Spirit. It's no wonder then that the fruit of the Spirit in our life is love, joy, it is peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility and self-control. Um, see, Sunday school did, do, did help me in my life. Uh, such things have, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified to the flesh with, with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep 
in step with the Spirit. So a, a result of having the Holy Spirit in us is that the peace that he gives resides in us. Now, what's really interesting about this verse is it says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Now, this is something that I struggle with. And confession time, I have, I've found the last few months not, not difficult, but tiring. You know, we've had a, had a new baby and there's, there's been a lot of pressure and a lot of different things trying to hold up in the air. And you might, in your own life, have similar situations, whether it be at work, you know, the pressure that's on, um, the things that are required of you. And when that happens, when, when the, the pressure is applied and when you know, tiredness hits, when stress comes upon you, it is so important that because we live by the Spirit, we keep in step with the Spirit. But what so often we do is we actually put all this other stuff in our lives and in, 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 our, in our circumstances, and it kind of pushes out the Spirit that is in us. It, it's, it squeezes out. It's a bit like my kids when they play Play-Doh. You know, we've, we've got the spirit living in us. So here's the spirit. The spirit is in us. And pressure comes. And what we should be doing is when the pressure comes is walking in step with listening to the spirit, actually going, this is what God has for me, this is truth, this is his word, and even though this is hard, I'm going to run to him, he's going to be my comfort. But instead we pile all this other stuff in our lives, or we, we seek comfort in other things, or the pressure of, of you know, work, kids, whatever it is, comes in, and then, and then the pressure is applied the pressure of life happens and <laughs> glad that worked. I didn't, didn't try it. Oh, go Andrew. Oh. <laughs> um, now, not that the spirit ever leaves us. Not that the spirit ever leaves us. We, we, we cannot say Jesus is Lord without the spirit. The Bible is clear on that. Yet, when we, when we look for comfort and when we seek peace by piling other stuff on in our life and the pressure comes, so often we, we push away the very thing that is what we need. And that is my ongoing battle. I need to constant. I have denied myself joy. I have decided denied myself love I've definitely denied myself patience and peace because I choose not to walk with the spirit and I choose to run to other stuff because we feel justified this stuff's happening to me this stuff's happening in my life it's so hard it's so therefore I feel justified I can do this I can have this I can I can seek comfort in that because because it's hard 
And yet what that does is actually pushes away the very thing that we need. So how do we receive the peace of God? By receiving the Holy Spirit in our life daily. I want to encourage anyone here, if you've never really been filled with the Spirit, if you've never really sensed his presence in your life and have that the warmth of his love I really encourage you to seek after that even as we sing after I preach you can just open up your heart and say Holy Spirit come I invite you in I encourage you to do that I can't um, speak on peace without bringing up one of the most famous Bible verses that everybody quotes when it comes to worry and stress. If you go into Kurong, it's on every key ring and coffee mug that you can see. <laughs> Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. But here's the thing about this verse. A lot of people just use it about, oh, it's important not to worry. You know, we can, we can give everything to God. In doing that, what's the result? The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, it's, it's bigger than even our finite minds can actually comprehend. God's peace is so great and so wonderful. What will it do? It will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So often we miss this, this little sentence in this passage. It will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. It'll guard against what? It'll guard against what? The, the thought that God isn't, isn't in control. See, if we're not anxious about everything, if, if we're believing that there's no reason to worry, then it's trusting that God is in control and that God, is, God reigns as king, that he is aware of every situation that we are in. And so the peace of God comes when we do that and it guards our, our hearts and our minds from thinking that he isn't. Now I was, I was dwelling on this, this passage and uh, the Lord woke me up in the middle of the night and put something in my head. Now when God does that, he either wants to talk to me or he wants to speak through me to someone here or both, probably both. Why is it so important that we need to guard our hearts? The Bible and Jesus speaks about the heart so much. The heart is where our desires are, the, the things that uh, shape us, our values, our ethics, our priorities. They are the things that, you know, we, we, you know where our, our heart is, there are treasures also. You know, out of the overflow of the, the heart, the mouth speaks. Our heart is the very, the source, the centre of the things that make us us, the things that we believe. And why is it so important to guard our hearts is that everything outflows out of our hearts. Everything. Our thoughts what we prioritise, uh, what we think about, all comes from the heart. And so the peace actually, 
of God actually does something in our lives by, by protecting our hearts and keeping it holy and thinking of good things. And the thought that came to mind was, what's more important, the heart or the mind? What's more important to have? They're both important. I spoke a couple of weeks ago about the importance of our thought life and, and being sound in our mind about what we think about. I felt like the Lord said, your heart is the most important of all. Because you can be not of sound mind, you can be a bit wacky, <laughs> but if your heart is right, you know, you, there is no harm. You know, and, and we see that in people around us. And we, and we say that, don't we? Oh, you know, he's, he's harmless because you know, he's got a heart of gold. Even though that person might even um, have mental disabilities, oh, they've got a heart of gold. They're harmless. But what if we are of such sound mind and we are so clever and we're so creative and we're so ingenious and yet our hearts are rotten. Imagine the torment. Imagine what possibilities of evil there can be. That's why it's so important, friends, that we guard our hearts. That we guard our hearts. That we make sure that our hearts are right. The peace of God will guard our hearts. And it keeps us in the knowledge that God is sovereign and ruler and king and he is in control of every situation. That's why Jesus says, probably one of the most comforting sentences in the Bible, in this world you'll have trouble. It's a promise. It's a guarantee. Jesus said it. Get ready. You're going to have trouble. There's no escaping, but, 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 take heart. I have overcome the world. Such a reassuring statement. Whatever the world throws out at us, whatever attack, whatever pressure, whatever pressure, it can't touch us because Jesus has overcome it. Now, you might feel like you're in a storm. You might feel like the wind and the waves are, are crashing against you. There was a literal storm that the disciples faced when they went into the boat and a, a furious storm came up by the lake. So the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. And the disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're going down, we're going to drown. He replied, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up, he rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now here is a literal storm where Jesus overcomes it. And it's a story that we like to tell our children, and it's in every child, children's Bible and it's a great story about how Jesus um, can actually uh, command the wind and the waves to stop in a, a literal thing. But if we think about this 
not just literally, but in terms of our lives as the, as the winds and the waves come against us and as, as we're in those pressured situations and, and we're, seeking, we're seeking peace, we're seeking calm, it is Jesus that actually can come and he has overcome those things. Now what's interesting as I was reading during the week is that uh, the Jewish people in in our biblical times had a thought of water and particularly um, out of control water as something that was chaotic or even evil. And so by Jesus saying be calm, he's actually saying they're actually saying it's actually got control over even even evil, even the evil one. So what makes this picture even more interesting is that when Jesus appears to his disciples and what is he doing? He's walking on the water. He's actually above evil. He's actually standing on top of evil. The enemy is under your feet. We are free. So whether it be circumstance or our wrongdoing or even when the enemy comes and tries to destroy us, Jesus is more supreme and has power over those situations. There was a ship that was wrecked in a furious storm and the only survivor was a little boy who was swept by the waves onto a rock. He sat there all night long until the next morning he was spotted and rescued. Did you tremble when you were on the rock all night long? Someone asked him later. Oh yes, said the boy. I trembled all night, but the rock didn't. But the rock didn't. Jesus is our rock. And whatever situation, whatever storm, whatever pressure we find ourselves in, when we are in Christ, when the Spirit is in us, when we receive his peace, he does not shake and we will not be shaken and moved. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have come and that you have promised to give us peace. And Lord, this is a peace that we all desire in our hearts. A peace that can't be found anywhere outside of a relationship with you. And Lord, I just want to pray for uh, any folk here this morning who are, who are finding life difficult, who are going through a storm of their own, who might be looking at their wall and seeing that there are some missing pieces or some bits that have fallen off. Lord, right now, Holy Spirit, we just say have your way in this place. Have your way. Lord, we just open up our hearts to you now. And would you come and as we worship you, and as we say that, Lord, you are in control of every situation, 
May the knowledge of that guard our hearts. May it restore our walls. May it give us the peace that we so desperately need. And Lord, I just pray for anyone here who's feeling like their heart is perhaps going away, astray, or perhaps they're feeling like they've squeezed the spirit out because of all that's happening inside of them. Spirit, would you come and would you fill them afresh? Would they sense your loving arms around them? And would they know your peace, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I encourage you now to either remain sitting if you want to, or to stand. You might want to lift your hands. You might want to come down the front and kneel. I'm going to invite the prayer team out the front. You might want to come and speak to, to one of the prayer team and and just chat about what's going on. There are a number of options available, but can I encourage you to do one of them? And that might just be just simply sit and allow the Spirit of God to again renew you and refresh you, to fill you, and that His peace be evident and real. As I said at the start, you lean in, lean in, lean in, lean in, anticipate, be ready, be hungry for God to do something as we open it up for Him to move amongst us this morning. Let's sing.